0: Bernie Live.
1: And welcome, welcome, welcome to Bob Bernie Live. Thank you, thank you for joining me this Monday afternoon. Here's my telephone number 877 Bob Live. 877 262 54. 83. Hope you had a great weekend. Joy and I did. Had a big family gathering on uh, Saturday to uh well, to celebrate Joy's birthday. It was it was a week late, but we well, we couldn't get everybody together on the day of her birthday, which was last Saturday. Uh so we we got everybody together yesterday and just uh, not yesterday, Saturday. Had a wonderful time. I uh, was in our home church yesterday morning with our grandson and uh, it was a good weekend. I hope you had a good weekend as well. Uh, other than well spring in Ohio and I will I will just leave it at that. Yep, just I'll just leave it at that. Uh once again, my telephone number 877 Bob live 877 877- two hundred sixty two fifty four eighty three little program note Josh Mandel will be joining me tomorrow at four o'clock. Senate candidate Josh Mandel <laughs> It's interesting. Uh, many if not most of the political candidates monitor radio. They do. And it is not an accident by any means when I have one political candidate on the air, I can almost expect the very next day someone from the campaign of another candidate, hey, Bob, we'd sure like to come on your program and talk to your listeners. And that's fine. I will say it again. Uh, If a political candidate, particularly someone for running – running for an office like Senate, uh, if they want to talk to you, if they think enough of you and your vote, and they want to communicate with you, hey, I'll give them the opportunity. I don't contact political candidates and say, hey, you want to be on the program? They contact me. And um, so anyway, Josh Mandel will be on the program, Lord willing. Uh, tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock. Here's something important. The uh, May 3rd primary is coming up. Uh, I don't know that we have spoken in recent years about the possibility of a bifurcated primary, but it looks like that's what we're going to have uh, because of the mess with the uh, redistricting maps We don't know what the districts are like for state offices, Uh, but we do for the national offices. So we will have a primary for May 3rd, uh, but it will not include the statewide races. Well, at least statewide races where there is a district involved. But here's the important thing. If you want to vote in the primary, today is... The deadline. If you want to vote, I hope you do. Uh, Today is the deadline to register. You can go to one of the local uh, offices. Uh, Probably a whole lot easier is to go online. So you can go to a Board of Elections office near you. You can look that up on the web. Um, Or you can simply go to the Ohio Secretary of State's office website. And it's pretty easy. Uh, You can register online, but the deadline is today. Uh, If you want to go to one of the um, Board of Elections offices, they close at 7.30 p.m., so your time is running out. I am assuming, uh, and I don't take this as gospel because I'm not sure, but I am assuming if you register online, you'll have till midnight tonight. But I don't know for sure. So don't take the risk. Again, if you haven't registered, today is the last day. A local substitute teacher has made national headlines. In fact, I have in my hand a story from CNN. Fox News covered it. A whole lot of other major national news sources covered the story of Jay Bowman who was a substitute teacher in uh, Chillicothe, Ohio. I say he was because, well, he was not fired. Almost all of the news sources that I've read said he was fired. Uh, No, substitute teachers are either used or not used, and the folks down in Chillicothe have decided not to use his services anymore. So he was not fired, even though CNN several times during the article says he was fired. And he says he's fired. He has become a hero and a martyr. Among many people, there's going to be a big protest in support of him. All right. Why is he not going to be used as a substitute teacher any longer? Because he violated school Policy. Uh, he was handing out gay pride bracelets to students, yeah, to uh, high school students, and several witnesses have said he was promoting the LGBTQIA plus 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 in the classroom. And the school district said, "Eh, nope, can't do that, so we will not be using your services as a uh, substitute teacher any longer. He was promoting the First Capital Pride Coalition, which is based in Chillicothe, and uh, that is against school policy. And I guess the last straw was handing out Pride bracelets Uh, to high school students. Now, most of the local news media is treating this guy as a hero and a martyr. Now, if he had been fired, or in this case, the school district simply chose not to use his services anymore as a substitute teacher because he was handing out gospel tracts, How do you think the news media would be treating this? CNN would probably say, Religious fanatic fired in Ohio. Teacher trying to brainwash children with religious dogma. Released from... And you know that's true, right? If he was handing out gospel tracts telling kids how to get saved, how to go to heaven, telling them about Jesus, the news media would be treating him as some kind of religious nut job. But instead, since he was handing out gay pride bracelets and promoting a gay pride coalition, well, he is a hero. That is the way our world works today. It's true. It really is. Uh, Will he be reinstated? Wouldn't surprise me in the least. A lot of support from the gay mafia, and you know how much power they wield. So we'll keep an eye on this, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, this guy receives an apology and is reinstated. We'll see. I hope not, but we will see all right my number is 877 bob live 8772625483
0: Bob Bernie, Bernie Live, Live. looking at today's news through a biblical worldview.
1: Every uh, Monday we have a planning meeting, promotional meeting here at WRFD, all of the people in the different departments and so forth. And uh, we are smack dab in the middle of planning for our Pastor Appreciation Breakfast coming up on May 3rd. We're really excited about the opportunity of encouraging pastors. This will be our 20th breakfast. We had to lay off for a couple of years. Uh, Really, really sad. Uh, And so we're kind of in the rebuilding mode, uh, as many people are after COVID. So we had to knock off for two years. Uh, This should be actually our 22nd annual, uh, but this is our 20th, because, again, we couldn't have them for two years. Uh, And why am I telling you that? Well, seriously, we are asking for your help. We are asking for your assistance to uh, get the word out. We're trying to promote this as economically as possible so that we can give as much as possible to the pastors. So please, if you have not already done so, make sure your pastor and the pastoral staff of your church knows about the breakfast. Dr. Robert Jeffress is the keynote speaker for the morning. Uh, Make sure that they know about the breakfast. It's free, but you have to have a ticket. And you get your ticket by registering at thewordcolumbus.com. The, the uh, Pastor Appreciation tab is really easy to find. You register very, very quickly and uh, get your tickets. And of course, if you are a pastor or on the staff of a church, no, you don't have to be full-time. Volunteer, vocational, absolutely. We want you there. If you are a minister in your church, we want you there. So please help us spread the word about our Pastor Appreciation Breakfast. It's coming up quickly on May 3rd. Uh, Get the word out and make sure your pastor not only knows about it, but make sure that they are registered. All right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, women's college basketball has a new champion. The South Carolina Gamecocks and uh, I don't know much about the South Carolina Gamecocks. I think this is their uh, I think this is the second time they have been national champions. Uh, UConn obviously has been the powerhouse for many, many years. But Here's the thing that troubles me. The South Carolina women's basketball team are national champions, and through most of this season, they have refused to stand or acknowledge our national anthem. Uh, If they are on the floor when the national anthem is played, they will not stand. If they know in advance that the National Anthem is going to be played, they stay in their locker room until after it is played. Now, in the Final Four meeting, they stayed in the locker room. For the championship, well, yeah, when everybody was looking and it was the championship, they came out and they stood for the National Anthem. Talk about hypocrisy. I mean, the entire season, they either hide away in the locker room or they refuse to stand. For the final four, they stay in the locker room. And then for the championship, oh, well, when everybody's looking, uh, the uh, coach is Don Staley. And uh, she said that they're doing this, quote, to bring awareness to racial injustice in our country. If opposing teams choose to play the anthem during the time we're in the locker room, then we choose to stay in the locker room. And then she said this, quote, I love our country, too. I don't like what our country has come to and what our country has been. But I'd like to think that there are people in our country that's going to lead us more In a unified way than a divisive way. And I'm here for that. What kind of twisted reasoning is that? So, in order to be a unifying force, they refuse to acknowledge the national anthem and the flag of our country. Can somebody explain to me how that's unifying? And we're talking basketball. Now, in women's basketball, the numbers are a little different than the men's. In men's basketball, the overwhelming majority are black in the NBA and in the NCAA. There's not quite the predominance in women's basketball as blacks to whites, but still a majority... Of the women in women's basketball are black, and they go on to have careers, they have gotten scholarships, and uh, I have said this over and over again, I hate, I hate bigotry, I hate prejudice, I hate racism, but I also hate hypocrisy. NFL players that are making millions and millions and millions of dollars in a sport that is 80% black, talking about systemic racism in America? Give me a break. And the same is true in the NBA. Do we have room to improve? Of course we do. Of course we do. But I was, my question, will this help or will it hurt? I'm firmly convinced this kind of thing hurts, it divides us, doesn't unite us, doesn't accomplish anything positive.